part one chapters three and four of perkins the faker a travesty on reincarnation by edward s van zyle this librivox recording is in the public domain when reginald was caroline chapter three caroline's usurpation in philosophic mood last night as idly i was lying that souls may transmigrate methought there could be no denying so just to know to what i owe propensities so strong i drew my soul into a chat our gossip lasted long Béranger. it was not wholly unpleasant to find myself facing caroline across the breakfast-table there she sat attired in my most becoming grey business suit in outward seeming a large well-groomed man of the world the light in her or my eyes suggested the possibility that she had found compensations for her soul's change of base if that was the case caroline was more to be envied than i was for despite the feminine beauty that had become mine for a time i was wholly ill at ease and disgruntled my hand trembled and i spilled the coffee that it had become my duty to serve jones our phlegmatic butler appeared to be politely astonished at my clumsiness and glanced at me furtively now and again two lumps caroline i asked absently catching my wife's masculine eye i felt the blood rush to my cheeks uh, reginald i mean three lumps and plenty of cream caroline said my wife with ready wit what a domineering note there was in my voice when used vicariously i wondered if caroline had noticed it you may go jones i said presently i'll ring if we need you a gleam of surprise came into the butler's eyes but he controlled it instantly and strode from the breakfast-room like a liveried automaton you are not eating reginald said my wife in a gruff whisper glancing at the door through which jones had made his exit you must not give way to your nervousness dear boy you need all your strength before the day is over gad you're right if i can judge by the last hour caroline i remarked endeavouring by force of will to beget an appetite for toast and eggs just hand me my letters will you here are yours my dear i saw the masculine cheeks redden but caroline made no effort to act upon the suggestion i had thrown out reggie reggie she moaned hoarsely is there no help for us can't you think of something that will change us back again it's simply unbearable sometimes it makes me laugh but i almost died before i got out of the bathroom and jenkins was simply detestable you must get us out of this reginald or i warn you i shall read these letters go down to your office and your club and enjoy life in your way for a while my dear there was something in all this that i did not altogether like but i smiled as i said are you labouring under the delusion caroline that my daily life filled to overflowing with business cares that you know nothing about is pleasanter than yours you can do as you please all day long see people or deny yourself to them as you choose i had noticed a tendency upon your part my dear before this uh, accident occurred to complain that your existence was dull that a man had a happier lot than a woman it's all bosh that idea from the moment when i leave this house in the morning caroline i am a slave to duties that i cannot shirk i am under a terrific strain all day long as for you my dear you may go and come as you please 
see the people you like and dodge those you detest take a nap if you're tired a drive if you're suffocated a walk if you feel energetic and you have nothing but pretty worries that don't amount to a row of beans great scott caroline what an easy job a woman in your position has caroline refused to meet my gaze and i observed with annoyance that my eyes sometimes had a shifty way with them she had placed one large relentless hand over my small pile of letters presently she said in a tone that indicated a stubborn spirit you are off the track reginald what i want to know is whether you think that we have exhausted every method for getting out of this queer scrape drop that will you caroline i exclaimed petulantly i'm no theosophist nor faith curist i'm not going to fool with this thing at all if we get to tampering with it whatever it is you may find yourself in jenkins shoes and i may be suzanne or jones for a change i'm banking on a readjustment in our sleep to-night until then we'll have to accept the situation as it stands then i'm going to boss things reggie remarked my wife firmly if i am obliged to get about in your great hulking figure my dear i'm going to enjoy all the perquisites for the next few hours i don't believe i never did believe that you work half as hard as you say you do nor that you have such horrible dragons to slay every day before dinner then i want you to see for yourself how much leisure i really enjoy you can stay at home and run my affairs reggie dear i'm going downtown to see the boys at work good heavens caroline you are joking i cried my delicate hand trembling as i endeavoured to raise my coffee-cup to my white lips it would be utter madness what you plan i'll have to let things slide for to-day i'll telephone to the office saying that i'm down with the grip grip that's good i went on hysterically it's just what we've lost caroline but never mind it's a word that will serve my turn and then my dear we'll pass the day together here we might get a readjustment at any moment don't you see if we stick close to each other if you're downtown great nebuchadnezzar anything might happen to us caroline but there's the telephone reginald suggested my wife coldly as soon as i reach your office i'll call you up if you don't leave the house to-day you'll have me at the end of a phone most of the time and let me tell you reggie you'll need me i am very much inclined to think my dear that you'll wonder before the day is over what has become of my sinecure i am quite sure that you'll not find time for a great many naps if you leave me caroline i said musingly i shouldn't dare to fall asleep but i really can't believe my dear that you seriously contemplate the expedition you have mentioned you'll have the devil's own time let me tell you caroline let me glance at that memorandum book in your inside coat pocket thanks wednesday to-day is wednesday nine thirty boggs and scranton we'll scratch that off i'm late for that as it is rogers to myself i cried lord she mustn't meet rogers i shouldn't have given him my office address as i glanced through the day's appointments item by item my horror grew apace caroline if she went to my office was bound to derive a wholly false impression of the general tenor of my life there would be so many things that would be open to misconstruction unimaginative i might be 
but my memoranda enabled me to foretell just what kind of an experience awaited caroline in my daily haunts the methods by which a successful business is conducted in new york would puzzle her sorely and place me in a most uncomfortable light it can't be done my dear i said presently and caroline's sweet voice annoyed me by its lack of an imperative note it seemed to beat impotently against that stubborn-looking countenance across the breakfast-table you'd bungle matters most desperately if i allowed you to go down as it is i dread the outcome of my enforced absence playing lady to-day will cost me a cool ten thousand at the very least i could see plainly enough that what i had said had made very little impression upon my wife perhaps she doubted my word or felt confidence in her own business ability in desperation i took a new tack i think caroline that on the whole it would be much better for you to remain here with me and tell me all about that note to which suzanne referred it may take some time my dear to get that ah uh, little matter straightened out my eyes never wavered as i gazed into their depths it's easily explained reggie dear said caroline coldly it will take me but a moment as to your interpretation of what jenkins has been saying to me that of course is another matter your explanations may require considerable time reggie darling i dropped my coffee-cup which went to pieces with its saucer jenkins i cried in a tone so high that it gave me a headache didn't i warn you that he was a great liar caroline you mustn't believe more than ten per cent of what he says huh growled caroline while she glanced idly at the outside of the envelopes beside her coffee-cup i tell you caroline i went on feverishly wondering why i had grown to hate my wife's voice so quickly i tell you caroline that jenkins is away from the school for scandal he was valet to lord runabout before he came over here jenkins standards i must say are low you know what runabout is my dear well jenkins seems to think that to be a gentleman one must have runabout's tastes i was idly curious at first to hear what jenkins had to say naturally he got a wrong impression and there you are sometimes caroline you'd think to hear jenkins talk to me that i was a wild blade a daredevil rake of the latest english pattern in certain moods he amuses me at other times i don't listen to him but i can readily understand my dear what a shock he must have given you of course you couldn't know i should have told you more about it in detail that i'm really a hero to my valet it's not a nice kind of hero of course but it's the kind that jenkin admires in short caroline dear while i'm dr jekyll to the world i'm mr hyde to my man <laughs> came my gruff voice again and there was a smile on my face that aroused my anger during our five years of married life i had never lost my temper with caroline but her present manner made doubly offensive by the use of my own body as its medium filled me with rage by the eternal horn-spoon caroline you must drop that i cried in a shrill treble if you say hm to me again in that cheap actress manner i'll i'll get a divorce perhaps suggested caroline pleasantly come come reginald you've gone far enough you have no cause for anger unless indeed your conscience goads you but i've put a flag of truce 
suppose we drop this unpleasant subject for the present here she calmly stuck my letters into a pocket of my coat i'll look these over riding downtown just ring for jones will you and ask him if the coupe is at the door caroline caroline i moaned falling back in my chair limp and hopeless you must not you dare not attempt this mad prank i tell you caroline that you will regret your foolhardiness to the last day of your life listen to me reginald said my wife standing erect and drawing herself up to my full height jones will come to you upstairs for his orders think of it my dear you can order whatever you like best for dinner the van trumps and egertons dine with us to-night don't forget that i groaned aloud and felt the tears rushing to caroline's beautiful eyes this morning she went on seemingly in high spirits my new ball-dress should arrive mrs taunton you never liked her reggie but she's really charming is to lunch with me professor von gratz will be here at eleven to hear me play beethoven's opus twenty-two he's apt to be severe but don't mind him my dear his bark is worse than his bite caroline bent down and touched the bell in front of me is the coupe ready jones she asked as the butler entered yes sir ta-ta reggie cried my wife in my most playful voice i'll call you by phone the moment i reach the office hope you'll have a pleasant day ta-ta a moment later i sat alone in the breakfast-room gazing down at my broken coffee-cup and saucer i regretted their accidental destruction it would have pleased me now to smash them by design chapter four the strenuous life no longer memory whispers whence arose the doom that tore me from my place of pride whittier i had had the telephone placed in the library for reasons that need not be given here and it was to this room that i betook myself after i had recovered from caroline's cruel exit i realized in a vague kind of way that the library was not my wife's customary haunt after breakfast but i lacked the courage to seek a clue to her usual morning habits that suzanne would discover me presently in my hiding-place i had no doubt but i was safe from intrusion for a time at least and might find in solitude a poultice for the blows that this deplorable day always to be remembered as black wednesday had already given to me as i seated myself beside a table covered with books and magazines a feeling of rebellion not unmingled with envy came over me it was a clear bracing sunny morning and caroline in my outward seeming was rolling downtown rejoicing doubtless like a bird that has escaped unexpectedly from a narrow cage a new life lay before her she had gone forth to see the world while i beautiful but despondent sat trembling in momentary dread of discovery by jones or suzanne menaced by a ball-dress a music-teacher mrs taunton and various unknown household duties my mind exaggerated the miseries of my situation unworthy passions agitated my throbbing bosom a longing for vengeance a mad desire to make caroline regret her base desertion of the man whom she had vowed to love honour and obey swept through me it would go hard with me indeed if some opportunity for punishing my errant spouse did not present itself during the long day that confronted me with great presence of mind despite my agitation i had brought caroline's mail into the library with me should i open it why not 
she had carried off my letters with a piratical nonchalance quite consistent with her present high-handed methods of procedure it was only fair that i should dip into her correspondence at my leisure but i feared just now any further shock to my nerves and sat motionless gazing listlessly at the little pile of notes addressed to caroline suddenly a thought came into my mind that sent the blood rushing through my veins was it not more than probable that my library contained a few volumes dealing with the occult sciences at all events i was sure that i owned several books relating to oriental philosophy then there was sir edward arnold's light of asia at my disposal and if i became impatient of research i could look up reincarnation transmigration and kindred topics in the encyclopedia but what had become of my courage great as was my curiosity regarding the strange psychical displacement that had made me practically a prisoner in my own home i feared to take steps that while they might increase my erudition might also deprive me of all hope of the night's readjustment i'd better leave it alone i murmured to myself despondently my very ignorance of this kind of thing may prove to be my salvation in the end i'm up against it there's no doubt of that and the queer thing about it all is that i'm not more astonished at what has happened it didn't hurt a bit it was like taking gas you wake up in a dentist's chair and the only tooth you knew you possessed has gone i wonder by the way if it would pay to consult a doctor some specialist in nervous disorders i could use an assumed name and bosh i haven't the sand to do it and it might lead to an investigation as to my sanity great guns girl you here again the last words i spoke aloud gazing upward into suzanne's pale disturbed face i am so worried about madame said suzanne in french glancing nervously around the library as if she sought in my environment an explanation of her mistress's eccentricity would it not be well for madame to come upstairs and try to get a nap a nap i cried in a vibrant treble not on your life girl i'm up for all day you may bet on that get me the morning papers suzanne and wait where's jenkins suzanne gazed at me in surprise he's eating his breakfast madame bring me the papers and then tell jenkins to take a day off tell him he may go as far as hoboken if he wants to he needn't return until tomorrow suzanne glided from my side with a quick silent movement that reminded me of a black cat a wild fleeting hope seized me that jenkins would carry the girl away with him but presently suzanne entered the library again jenkins sends his thanks to madame and will take a holiday after reporting to monsieur at his office said my pretty gadfly glibly placing the morning newspapers beside me confound his impudence i exclaimed and i saw at once that suzanne considered me no better and now girl what next jones i suppose yes madame he is awaiting your pleasure outside the door at that moment jones entered the library you called me madame he said pompously magnificent as a liar your orders madame we have guests for dinner jones i remarked bravely yes madame how many four jones six at the table that is cocktails to start with jones and serve my best wines freely do you understand 
i want you to give us a dinner to-night jones that'll make a new man of me i murmured under my breath yes madame said the butler respectfully but i certainly caught a gleam of delight in his heavy eyes you give me carte blanche madame throw everything wide open and let her go jones i cried with enthusiasm caroline should see that i know how to provide jones bowed more i believe to conceal his astonishment than for mere ceremony and turned to leave the room jones i called before he had disappeared if you talk to jenkins before he leaves the house i shall discharge you the butler turned with a flush in his face and gave me a haughty stare then he said recovering his machine-made humility yes madame your orders shall be obeyed with that he was gone go to the phone suzanne i said at once and call up five zero two rector when you've got em let me know suzanne was too nervous to accomplish this task and i was forced to go to her assistance hello i heard caroline's voice crying presently and it warned me to be careful standing at a phone it was hard for me to remember that i was far from being quite myself who's this came to my ears from five zero two rector has uh mr stevens reached the office yet i asked we expect him every moment he's late this morning came the answer in a man's voice i had grown very sensitive to sex and voices who is this i am uh mrs stevens suddenly i realized that i was talking to morse my head clerk how he happened to be in my inner office puzzled me anything new this morning morse i inquired impulsively there was a sound that can be described as an electric gurgle at his end of the line hello he cried above a buzzing of the wires that might have been caused by his astonishment are you still there mrs stevens well rather i said to myself then aloud will you kindly call me up ah uh, mr morse the moment mr stevens arrives on the instant mrs stevens said morse deferentially curiosity overcame my discretion how did the market open mr morse i asked recklessly again that electric gurgle escaped from my startled clerk it seems to be very feverish madame answered morse evidently recovering his equanimity naturally i exclaimed feelingly but i doubt that morse caught the word is that all mrs stevens he asked presently that'll do for the present uh mr morse i said reluctantly good-bye i returned to my seat beside the reading-table and found suzanne gazing at me with soft sympathetic eyes if i had but dared to tell him to unload i mused aloud but went no further for the french girl's glance had become an interrogation mark tell monsieur to unload murmured suzanne who sometimes spoke english when she especially craved my confidence but mon dieu monsieur is not what you say madame loaded i broke into a silvery high-pitched laugh that annoyed me exceedingly but it was not unpleasant to realize that the girl knew that mr stevens was a gentleman i felt grateful to suzanne for her good opinion a moment later the telephone rang sharply there's caroline i said to myself but i was quickly undeceived when i had placed the receiver to my ear is that you caroline i heard a voice saying this is louise 
what have you decided to do about those lectures on buddhism will you join the class my dear not in a thousand years i fairly shrieked through the phone good-bye more trouble madame asked suzanne as i tottered back to my chair i am so sorry really i think madame should come upstairs with me and lie down i will bathe madame's head and she may drop off for a time suzanne i said solemnly making a strong effort of will and controlling my temper nicely suzanne if you suggest a sleep to me again to-day i shall be forced to send you to hoboken to find jenkins what's that the telephone again ah mr stevens must have reached his office i was right this time if my memory is not at fault our conversation across the wire ran as follows hello hello silence for a time and a buzzing in my ear is that you caroline from my office you know best ah uh, reginald in the sweetest tones that i could beget in my wife's voice hello hello i returned pleasant ride down ah uh, reginald do be serious will you gruffly from the office tell morris to sell l stock and industrials at once do you get that i'll have to use my own judgment in that matter caroline my voice came to me through the phone with its own stubborn note great scott i cried realizing that i was absolutely helpless be careful what you do ah uh, reginald it's a very treacherous market for heaven's sake sell out at once will you i must get to work now my dear said my wife gruffly there's a heavy mail this morning and several men are waiting to see me mr rogers comes in to me at once a cold chill ran through me and caroline's voice trembled as i cried don't see rogers uh reginald i haven't decided yet what answer to give the man bluff him off if you've got a spark of sense left in you tell him to call at the office next week good-bye caroline came my voice to me remorselessly i'll call you up later how's your ball dress does it fit you nicely don't overexert yourself my dear you weren't looking well at breakfast ta-ta see you later i heard the uncompromising click of the receiver and knew that my wife had returned to my affairs as i turned my back to the telephone i felt that ruin was staring me in the face if caroline played ducks and drakes with my various stocks i stood to lose half my fortune what a fool i had been engaged in a profitable business to go into speculation had it not been for what may be considered a feeling of false pride i should have sent suzanne for a cocktail at once it seemed to me that my masculine individuality exhausted caroline's nervous energy at a most deplorable rate End of chapters three and four